0: The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Did you really think that after
3: absolutely. Blowing your butt out in game one. Did they blow their butt yes. out? They blew their collective butts out to try to get that win.
0: Oh, their weekly mission? To provide hot takes, medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what
3: you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the <laughs> nose test didn't?
0: Spence. The Center and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map. Spence. It's just turning into gigantic Mexican. And 1080TheFan.com.
3: Hey! Hour two of The Center and the Saint right here on Portland Sports Leader 1080, The Fan. I am Will Darkens. There is no Luke Anderson across the glass from me, as this is a best of edition. Luke is in Boston getting that much needed liposuction. But it is a best of edition. But I am going to take a break now from playing some clips because, look, it it took a lot of uh, money out of my personal bank account. Took many hours on LinkedIn sending him personal messages. I actually tapped out my premium account sending him messages trying to get him on. I had to pay extra just to bother him to get him on this show. But I did it. It's Mike Lynch, everybody.
4: So when's the Venmo coming
3: through? The Venmo. Yeah, when's it coming through? No, no. Uh, I did PayPal for that. Oh, I don't have PayPal. So I don't know
4: what Mike Lynch sent that to, but it wasn't. Oh, me.
3: okay. That was a lot of it. That was actually our mortgage. So.
4: <laughs> that would have been nice to receive. It's not really good. <laughs> Wouldn't
3: that be awesome, dude? Like, I hope that every single time I look at my bank account, or I'm just like, I hope just there's random money in there.
4: Yeah, that would be nice. Um, you know, now that I'm living with my girlfriend, we're starting to, you know, Venmo each other money when we need bills or whatever. And, uh, you know, she got paid this Friday and then Venmo me some money. And I was like, great, I'll just put this right into savings. See, that was nice. It was like free money. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. And actually, what's funny about that, so... My wife and I still do that with each other. We haven't done the joint bank account
4: yet, but Yeah, it's kind of a hassle to do. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's a hassle. And I also don't get it because like I spend money on the same stuff every single month. And I was like, Well, why do we have to uh merge our money together? Because and she's like, Oh, because we can like do a savings account. And I was like, We already have savings accounts. Anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore you with that, but I will bore you with this. <laughs> we Venmo well, each other on, things. Hold
4: on, hold on, hold on. Before you bore me with that. What? I am a noted non-Saturday listener because it's my only day off of the week. So I try not to listen to the radio. Yeah. That was the first time I've heard that open, and it is glorious.
3: Oh, thank you.
4: Yeah, that was... I uh... love, I, the the piece de resistance is you dropping Odyssey in over the old Radio.com app that was in the open. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> like I... the blowing the butt up stuff. Like, yeah, that's just typical tendency to the Sand Fodder, but you just going Odyssey app. <laughs> that's the best part of it <laughs> I will tell you
3: an Odyssey station um yeah it was uh I was asked by our boss he was like hey you got um you gotta clean that up because we're Odyssey now and I forgot and uh, it was about 10 minutes before we were our first show and it had the radio.com thing I literally just went right into wide orbit and just just said it Just Odyssey <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's why it sounds even clunkier because you didn't record it and like save it together. You (laughs) just patched on top of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I did. (laughs) Oh, well, so well, Venmo, uh,
3: my wife and I still send each other, uh, you know, money for stuff, especially mortgage and stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, we, when we do that, because you got to add a little message, we will usually, uh, Venmo each other, messages with the money that have just emojis in them.
4: That is what Venmo wants. Like if you type a word, it puts emojis up there for you to do instead. Yes. It's like all about this. Uh, do you remember Leap Speak, Will? You're around my age. Do Leap you remember LeapSpeak? Speak? The hell's yeah. that? Well, it's, uh, it's a super nerdy thing that in gamer world, in the gamer world, you would use numbers instead of letters to write certain things. Oh. And so, leet would be one three three seven, and it looks like leet, and it's like elite, and that's just uh, it. Reminds me of that. It's oh. like, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna type in regular words like humans. We're just gonna type in emojis instead. We're just gonna use leet yeah.
3: I actually see that right there. I um I Google imaged it, and I got one three three seven dot me.
4: Is that a website?
3: That's a website. Yeah.
4: Oh, that sounds uh, like, like has viruses on it. Be careful.
3: Yeah. Well, this computer is just filthy.
4: So what is .me? Is that like Malaysia or something? I don't know. Maine.
3: <laughs> People in Bangor.
4: <laughs> trying to Specifically me. for Maine. So like it huh? is weird though. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't dislike using emojis, but I've also learned now that I'm living with kids. Uh, my girlfriend's kids are 13 and nine. Yeah. Uh, emoji use is not cool anymore. Yeah, you told me it's this. Very you... millennial to use emojis, yeah. and this is one of. One of the first moments I've had of feeling extraordinarily old is that I'm 32. I'm smack dab in the meaty part of the millennial bell curve, if I can borrow a primetimeism. And I use emojis. My girlfriend is the same age as me. She uses emojis. And then I started sending emojis to her son, and he was like, "What are you doing? I'm like, why are you sending me these emojis, you old man?" <laughs> I was like, "What do you guys do now?" <laughs> They're like, "We talk." <laughs> Dude, that it's amazing how much it changed.
3: You told me that a couple months ago and I like kind of didn't believe it. I was like, "Oh, whatever. Maybe that's just like a specific situation." But I just started this new job and I'm about 3 weeks in and everybody uses Slack for everything. And yeah. as you might imagine, it's it's like a tech company where there's a lot of like younger people and I am I, I honestly, in terms of like my department, am considered either like a little older or like high on the middle age scale. I use emojis to slack people, and I notice they never emoji me back. And I'm worried I am setting myself up now around the office
4: to be that guy. It's like, oh, don't talk. I think to it's him. already happened, Will. If, you, if you've been there for three weeks and this is this is the trend, you are now the old emoji man. That's no. it. It, it's done. No, I Things can reverse that. Quickly. You only got one, t- one chance to make a first impression, Will, and your first impression was emoji. Damn it! Yeah, I'm Damn sorry. It all. See now, for those who don't know, and most of you probably don't because while well, you only listen on the radio, Will is a very big emoji GIF uh, user in all semblances of any way that he can use it. Yep. And he has a deep GIF pool that he will send in text messages. He also tried to make this a thing when we moved to Gmail at the radio station. Yeah, he tried to create this chat and he labeled it the Dirty Boys, and literally he was the only person who ever typed it. It was <laughs> And you? it was all gifts and weird emojis and like really off-topic, off-like, off-humor stuff.
3: Yeah, it was you, me, <laughs> it never, it never swag, dirt, though. and sprague. Yes, and I still got a lot it of up here. Yeah, for
2: I really. And nobody, dug. nobody
3: used it. Oh, dude, I really dug into my uh, my emoji bank on that one. Like, there were some you weird did? ones from, like, India where there were dudes, like, licking ice cream and, like...
4: <laughs> you mean, you mean GIFs?
3: GIFs, yeah, yeah, that's right. There's gifts. no
4: emoji of two Indian dudes licking ice cream. Well, unless you have a completely different keyboard than I do.
3: Oh, it's all the same thing now. <laughs> but anyway, I get to my original point. We send each other emojis when we send money and I will tell you right now, don't do it because if you ever get audited or like you have to like explain your finances to somebody, if you're going to like refinance anything or like apply for a loan, they will ask you to explain what the emojis were for you paying Venmo. And I'm not going to lie, dude, I had some like funny joke ones like butt replacement surgery or like, the eggplant emoji with, like, 15 of the watermark ones. Oh,
4: my God.
3: And I had to talk to this guy that worked at a bank, and he's like, so what? what is that um, – what do I interpret from that, like, eggplant with a bunch of, like, water coming out? I was like, dude, you know what that is. It was a joke. You don't have to ask me that. And I was like, oh, well, it, was, it was just me sending rent, but I just thought I'd do it in emojis. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but, like, was there something wrong with the house, the water, the – and he was basically getting me to admit that it was a sexual act emoji.
4: Okay, so I'm going to share these with you. I'm on speaker. Does it still sound okay? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, cool. Uh, this is my room. My roommate, uh, when I was living with him, would bemoan me half of the rent, and he would always have the silliest uh, descriptions of what he would what, what he was paying, right? Such as uh, indignant elbows. Skin reduction, <laughs> neck extenders, <laughs> uh, spare ears with partial insulation.
3: <laughs> <We're> partial? <laughs> uh,
4: let's see, what else did he have? Was he
3: too cheap for the whole thing?
4: Uh, shoulder mitts, Sh- ankle softeners, <laughs> oh my gosh. and the best one was the last one. Half a bowl of chili poured into an old shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime he would on me at the top of the month, it would make me hilariously laugh. Dude. And if I was sitting there with him, I would just <laughs> cackle with him about what he said. Yes, that was a sense of humor. He's very good at that sense of humor. That was his, uh, his strong suit.
3: Oh my gosh! I just want to. Uh, I just want to send. Uh, I want to send your old roommate money because this is exactly what what my wife and I would do. What I would do and then so I had to explain
4: thing, you can't send him emojis cuz he's like even older man than I am. You got to send him something like that. You got you got to yeah. send him a description of I mean his his trend was some sort of plastic surgery that didn't exist as far as we know. But Not you got either got to follow that or just go completely out of left field.
3: Oh man. Well, this is technically a sports show. Um, what are your thoughts on like the this. NBA playoffs generally?
4: Uh, they've been fun this year. I normally, uh, full disclosure, I normally kind of fade in the NBA playoffs until we get to the conference finals and the, and the NBA finals because some of the series can get pretty boring. I've been really sucked in from the first round. Normally the first round and the second round have a lot of clunkers, and I just have really enjoyed it, even the series that were blow ups. Like, Nets Celtics was fascinating to watch. Um, I loved the T-Wolves Grizzlies in the first round. Oh, yeah. I'm really enjoying the Suns series combined. They're Clearly, at least in the regular season, the best team in the league, but they're struggling uh, to put teams away. And I know, obviously, they had Booker injured last week. But uh, I'm having fun with the NBA playoffs, and that's not something I normally say. I'm normally like, man, these series kind of suck. And, oh, this one was kind of fun, but let's get to the good ones. Let's get to the good ones. They've all been good. I I don't know what the difference is this year, but I'm actually enjoying it.
3: Yeah, dude, I'm 100% with you on that Timberwolves series. Now, I was addicted to that thing. I watched every single game because I even went into the playoffs thinking – Uh, after the play and, of course, thinking like that's going to be good because the Grizzlies are ill-experienced and are bound to stumble. The Timberwolves are feeling confident. Now, here is my theory about all this, is that this playoffs represents the changing or possibly the start of the changing of the guard in NBA superstar supremacy. You have the Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving getting exited out, swept early. You have LeBron James not even making an appearance. You have... Paul George not even playing. Kawhi Leonard not even playing. Um, The only old guard dude I can think of that's doing incredibly well, or two of them, would be Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler. But, I mean, in certain ways, Paul has had a little bit of difficulty, and Jimmy Butler, well, he's doing pretty good. I can't really say anything about that. But, like, that's why I watched that Timberwolves Memphis series so heavy, because you had John Morant, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards these young dudes that look like they're trying to start to take over the NBA.
4: Well, I think Steph's another guy in the old guard. That's still playing well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that's that's not point. like old guard, like LeBron old guard, but he's, you know, he's kind of in that other generation, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the old guard changing to the new guard and stars. I've been talking about this on the air for the last you know month or so. And I, I really do believe it's true. I think we've hit the point in NBA team building that the super team is not working anymore. Um, the Lakers have failed. The Nets have failed. The last few teams that have tried to build a super, I guess the Lakers have failed multiple times at it, actually. Um, The last few teams that have tried to build a super team, it hasn't worked in the way they expected, except the Warriors. But the Warriors were already built, in my opinion, the correct way, and then they just went and got Kevin Durant because they're equals. But, um, like, the Suns are not a super team. The Suns drafted well. They they went and got a, a star or a veteran star in Chris Paul, they drafted Devin Booker. They drafted DeAndre Ayton. They've got good auxiliary pieces around them, and young players are good defenders. The Grizzlies are the same way. They have one star and a bunch of guys who fit the system. The Mavericks are the same way. The Celtics are the same way. The Even the Bucks, who tried to build a kind of a faux super team, it's not really. It's Giannis at the star. You've got a really good uh, secondary player in Middleton. You've got a great defender and occasional great scorer in Drew Holiday. I mean, the, the teams are built well it's not let's just throw stars at it and see that it works it's we're going to build a team that makes sense and you're seeing those teams who were built the right way are now the best teams in the nba and i think that might be now that i'm talking about it that might be part of the reason these playoffs are so much more fun is that it's much better team basketball than we're used to watching yeah we're so used to iso nonsense and now we're actually seeing great defense and great passing and and selfless play and still great single uh singular performances in games that need it but i I think that's kind of where we're going and i think that's great for the sport because as much as stars drive the sport star-studded super teams in my opinion were hurting it
3: yeah no i'm 100% with you that's why i love like what the heat do and like what you were talking about what the uh Milwaukee Bucks do. And I think a lot of the time, too, that's kind of what's so intriguing about the Grizzlies is the fact that they seem to be building it the right way around John Moran. I want to get you out on this. So there is a uh, report out that Terry Stotts interviewed for the Lakers job. Not unsurprising, as he's probably, in my opinion, the best option any team has right now in terms of a coach that does not have a job that could get a job. Should he take that job? (laughs) Oh, you
4: don't want you don't want Mark Jackson to get
3: hired anymore. Well, <laughs> no, I do, but like I want him to get hired for all the wrong reasons. Like I want Mark Jackson to get hired because it would be hilarious. I like Terry Stotts. I don't want him to be embarrassed in LA.
4: <laughs> well, I think Mark Jackson would be the perfect hire in LA, if that's what you want, um, no, I I don't know if Terry Stotts is the right choice for LA because it's the Lakers, the Lakers are LeBron. It's not, it's not going to be a team that Terry Stotts can build into who he wants them to be because LeBron isn't that player. Terry Stotts, I mean, remember the offenses the Blazers had? It was threes and shooting and yeah. you know, a lot of around-the-perimeter passing. I don't know if that's what the Lakers want with LeBron there. So I don't know if he should take that job. I, th- I think Terry Stotts, on his way back, should take like uh, maybe the Hornets' job because they've got some good mm. young players. They've got uh, a malleable team that he can mold to his image. But they're, like, close to making the playoffs on a regular basis, and the pressure won't be as high. I I think that's kind of where – they let that guy, Borrego, be there for four years. That dude sucked. So if you give Terry Stops four years with that team with LaMelo Ball as the point guard – that's kind of what I want to see because I want to see him succeed. I don't think he's succeeding with the Lakers because I don't also, think it's going to be easy to succeed with the Lakers.
3: Also, with the Hornets, you have the same construct where it's like Lamelo Ball is your star, and then I mean, I'm trying to mirror here where like you have Lamelo to Lillard, obviously not same level, but I'm just mirroring Lamelo to Lillard. But then you have Rozier to CJ in a way yeah. like you have that backcourt that could be explosive, and you know Terry Stotts is is good at that kind of stuff.
4: Well, and you've got a better three than he ever had in Bridges, right? Or is he a yeah. four? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Better, a better wing player than Terry Stops ever had. He's young and good, and he's not Mikael Bridges, but Miles Bridges is still really good. Yeah, I, that's kind of more where I want to see him land because I'm running for Terry Stops. I mean, yeah. I think his time came to him with the Blazers. I think it was right to probably let him go. He, he had done everything he could possibly do with that team and with Neil O'Shea as the GM. But give him a chance to to build something. Don't throw him into the fire right away.
3: I agree. All right, Mike, thanks for coming on, man. You are uh, you are a hard man to track down, as I have said many times. Uh, not thank only you, over Twitter, you. but... Now,
4: I, I expect you to refund your PayPal and send me that $6,000 in that Thank you.
3: Oh, it's six now?
4: Yeah. Well, payment was late, Will, so there's a late fee.
3: Can I just, like, clean your garage or
4: something? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. All
3: right. Love you. Love your body.
4: Uh, love you. Bye. All right,
3: bye. There's Mike. Thanks, Mike. Coming up next, life hacks and stories on a plane. This is the best of edition of the Center of the Saint on 1080 The Fan.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: the sinner and the saint tailgate with luke anderson and will darkens on 1080 the fan
3: will darkens hanging out with you here in studio for a best of edition of the sinner and the Saints. luke and i will be out next week but i'm just playing some clips of some of my favorite parts of this show i'm running a little behind so let's get this thing going up next, here are some life hacks, stories from a plane, and why it's totally cool to still have a Discover credit card.
6: Uh, 503-250-1080. We were just talking about, if, you, if you're just joining us, we are just talking about uh, life hacks uh, of sorts, a magician that uh, did sleight of hand to not pay the full amount for his uh, a- Apple iWatch. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, So somebody says, life hack, airplanes can't run through, uh, run cards through until they land. If you give them a bad card, you can drink for free the whole flight. No. They have Wi-Fi now, but on those flights where they don't have Wi-Fi over the ocean.
3: Oh, interesting. It might work on the White of Hawaii or something. But, like, wouldn't it kick in at a certain point once you start to, like, get to a continent that, like, you would... No, but like here, it would kick in and you'd be like, hey, what the hell's going on
6: here? Here's my thought on it is um, they have all of your information saved in their computers. If they really needed to get back to you, they probably could. Like your credit card information, I think, is on file with the airline. You paid for the ticket. So I think they'd probably just try that card. You know what I mean? I guess so. Like you give a hotel a credit card. They run it. They swipe it through. Whatever. And they pre-authorize for X number of dollars. And then you go back and you try to pay with a bad card there. They're just like, oh, cool, we'll just run the other one. Like, Even if you get them, you're like, this is a card that I want in. And you think you walked out and like, ah, that card didn't work. Even if they don't run it right in front of you, they just try all the other cards. And then they've got your home address and they've got all the information. So, yeah, they'll try everything they can to run it. I would guess. But I don't know. That's what this listener's saying. saying. I'm sharing it with you because it was relevant to the last thing that we discussed. It's a good idea. Is it? Yeah. If you want to steal? Do you want free drinks? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what you could do: just pay like the thirty bucks to get the premium seats. Oh, really? Yeah, you get free drinks, anyways. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, they still
3: do that? It's free drinks, like in first class. So
6: Alaska Airlines. So my wife and I. Well, that's like not even fair. My wife upgraded to uh, the boardroom membership, which oh. is very nice. Good for uh, me. Well, we figured if we – because she's flying down to California uh, quite a bit to see her family. So mm-hmm. she had some family stuff go on last year. She wants to spend more time with her family down in California. She's like, I'm going on enough flights that it's worth – I think it was like 125 bucks or whatever. And for the year, every time you go on a flight, if you're in, you just walk into the boardroom. Free drinks. Uh, they have snacky cakes and cheesy poofs. You have the, They have a pancake-making machine. Oh. they have yeah they have uh, usually uh you know like uh, she was upset she flew on a Wednesday she's actually in California right now uh, she flew on a Wednesday she's like I like flying on Fridays they have clam chowder. it's great oh. so yeah it's a lovely it's a lovely little space mm. and then because she flew so much last year we both made MVP and so it'll give you the free upgrade into premium seats or you get a discounted upgrade into the premium seats you get free drinks there. So what you do is you just calculate it out. You're like, I paid $125 bucks. if I'm on this many flights. Can I drink enough free sparkling rosé to offset the cost of the thing? So you pay for it, but then you take advantage of it. That's what you do. You get into these clubs. That's the way adults do it. You don't go, I'm going to give them the Discover card. They won't know.
3: Bwah. Yeah, or are you? Just give them the Discover card. Yeah. Give them the bad Discover card. Which, by the way... And I'm saying this as a Discover card holder. They should have known seeing the Discover card. (laughs) Wait wait a a minute! (laughs) If you're going to the strip club, you're there to Discover. Am I wrong on that Like, like, Yeah, I've had a Discover card for. Probably like six years of my life. So like if I give that to anybody for like either a strip club or a large purchase, they're like, well, hold on a minute,
5: sir. Yeah, Nobody's Can looking you give at you me like a
3: Card where I feel confident. You're going to be able to pay. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. looking at
6: you like you're a baller <laughs> is what you're suggesting. It's, it does not have the same cachet uh, as the Amex black.
3: No, you know, the reason I got that discover card is he got like triple points for flight. They were like, they were insanely desperate oh, they to still get are. people to set up. So I was like, yeah. yeah, dude, I'll just throw everything on that thing for a year. I don't, care.
6: Yeah. And now you still got it.
3: Still got you it. Still use it. They, don't, they tell you, don't get rid of, well, don't, don't, don't uh, cancel a credit card. Yeah. Don't yeah. cancel. I suppose yeah. you could shred it and nothing really matters, but don't yeah, do that because then, then you the don't account. have credit lines. Yeah. Cause you're taking away a credit line yeah. that affects your score. It does man. You can't hurt that credit score. Mm. Got to keep it up over 800. 800. What's your credit uh, score? Uh, What's so- your social security number? <laughs> Let's say it right
6: now. Uh, so, so the last every times I've gotten a credit check, it sits up over eight hundred. I got a nice, I got a nice,
3: you. I got a nice credit
6: score. Here's a funny thing though: my wife and I have been married sixteen years. This uh, May.
3: Yeah. And Congratulations.
6: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Every time we get our credit rent, it's almost always together, and it's like we just sit and wait because you get like the three different scores. And the aggregate score is usually within one or two points oh. and it, it's always a contest who can win. And I, for whatever reason, like sometimes she's like one point ahead of me and I'll be one, one point ahead of her. And then on the third score, I'll be like two points ahead of her. I was like
3: in your face. So yeah, that's
6: the only worry we have is who's going to win when we get our credit score run. So.
3: so the theory on that, and I was told this because my wife has a better credit score than I do, but it's like, again, it's, it's similar to your situation. It's always, you know, like five to seven points yeah, higher. Yeah, is yeah. arbitrary. And um, we had some guy, oh, it was a notary, who knew like an S-ton about finance. And like we told him that, I don't know how that came up, but he was like, you know why that is? It's because the wife always buys everything. So ah. if you guys pay your bills anyway, she has more credit history of buying stuff.
6: So, so sexist. He was sexist. <laughs> okay, got it. making
3: sure I understand. (laughs) He's a lovely gentleman. Yeah, yeah, sure.
6: Otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I buy plenty of stuff in our household when my wife
3: gives me permission or tells me to. Is that it? Yeah. I don't know. No, of course. What What is the largest thing you've purchased without your wife's permission? Oh. Let me rephrase that. Without clearing it with your wife. The largest purchase that I've made? Without clearing. Uh, Because I, at this point now, clear almost. I mean, I'm not groceries, but like.
6: I bought a new. I got a new TV, and she flipped out. Ooh. She flipped it. She's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, first of all, that's <laughs> too big for our living room." She got all mad, and so then she goes, she gets all mad. At and I was like, "I actually got it for free," and she's like, "Oh, never mind." Oh. She, but she almost lost her mind. That's the only thing that comes to mind. But
3: I got a TV. That's awesome.
6: I, got I was like, like, I couldn't say no to a free TV. It seemed nice. We needed to upgrade our TV, anyways. And she got mad that it was too big. And then she's like, why would you go and buy? And she was just it. And even when she found out it's free, she's like, it's still too big. We'll just put it in the garage. And I can't th- I can't think of anything that was astronomical that had her just, like, losing her mind. Like, when I bought all that Bitcoin, she's pretty mad about that. Oh, did you? Yeah, well, yeah, but back in, like, the 80s. So it's I'm killing it. <laughs> back when it was, like, <laughs> physically a thing. Like first internet, like the first thing I did was, well, I got that AOL AOL online disc of the house, dial up, bought it right then and there.
3: Good for you. I know. Always a visionary. I'm killing it.
6: That's why I'm killing it. That's why why I just show up here on Saturdays, just for fun.
3: More Best Of sound coming up next on a Best Of edition of the Sinner and the Saint right here on 1080 The Fan.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan.
3: A little swerve driver there for you on a Saturday. This is Will Darkins. This is the Sinner and the Saint. This is Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. It's a best-of edition of the show as Luke is out of town. A little quick show note. We will be out next week as well, returning. Look at this little calendar here on the computer. Uh, The 21st of may that saturday so let's continue on with some of the best clips of the past couple of months this one we talk about some of the best sixth men in nba history as well as some of the worst trailblazers contracts ever
6: pretty easy to find an answer to your question if Manu Ginobili was the best sixth man of all time just pulling up the award page there are two players with three sixth man of the year awards okay there are three players with two. Manu only had one. Mm. Care to guess the players with multiple?
3: Uh, I'm sure Jamal
6: Crawford's Jamal on there. Jamal Crawford has yeah. three. Yeah. Three. Sixth man of the year. That was uh, a name that immediately popped out in my head. Yeah, uh, I still put Manu
3: over him, though. <laughs> Do you? Because he won championships. Lou Williams has three. Because he jumped around so much. Dude, how many teams did Jamal Crawford play for? All of them. Well, but that's that's what I'm saying. Is All is teams.
6: is part of Manu's charm was he was just such a perfect fit for that team. Like yeah. he's just one of those players that was so and there's another guy on this list that I'll I'll get to in a second, but uh, just fit right in there. He just did. He just he like you can't Picture the Spurs without him, and, and they wouldn't have won the championships without him, it feels like, and it just it, such a perfect fit. Jamal Crawford won a sixth man of the year in 2009-10 with the Hawks. He won it with the Clippers twice. Funny thing is, Lou Williams won it with the Raptors and then with the Clippers twice. Montrez Harrell has it with the Clippers in that same uh, span as well. So the Clippers, in the last 10 years, have... Five uh, winners of the the awards. So five of the last ten have been there. Is that a uh, good thing? I don't know. I don't think it is. They haven't won thing, anything. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin McHale has uh, two uh, six man of the year awards. Uh, he played for a championship team. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying that that man who's a better six man because he won more championships, I give you Kevin McHale, who won championships and was a six man of the year.
3: Do you think uh, Karl Malone's better than Kobe Bryant? absolutely, of course. Especially he's a better Laker. Uh Ricky, what about uh, LeBron James over Kobe Bryant. Uh better Laker. What about Rick- Tim Duncan over no. Kobe Bryant? No, no. Uh, Le- Kobe Bryant won one MVP. Yeah.
6: Uh Kobe Bryant I would put him back at Carl Malone, but uh I'm just giving you I'm just giving you some stats.
3: And I am countering your stats with another case study saying that perhaps that award. Does
6: that? Uh, Well, here's my other question. Detlef Shrimp, sixth man of the year
3: twice. Can I just say for a second, Detlef Shrimp had the most nasty Trailblazers jersey. (laughs) I don't know what it was about that number 11 and seeing his long ass last name on the back of that thing. Yeah. I love that jersey. Yeah.
6: Detlef, who you remember as a blazer. Yeah. You also remember him as. Supersonic. He won both of his awards as a pacer. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, How about he play that? for the Pacers? 90 through 92. He won back-to-back back six Man of the Year oh, awards right. with the Pacers.
3: Dude, you know what I forget about that Sonics team was that it was really like a... Um, and then Datlef goes over to the for the yeah, Sonics. Like, yeah, like, they really, they were shooting their shot with that team. Like, because they had signed a couple other guys, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Perkins and... Yeah, Perk yeah. and... I. No, Nate was drafted. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back. moves. They were shooting their shot because they had Gary and they had uh, Sean Kemp. And they were like, all right, we got to do this thing now. All right. Let's hit some of these bad names on the Blazers uh, history.
6: Uh, Andrew Nicholson is his name. He is getting paid $2.8 million this year not to play basketball. He's getting $2.8 million last year, the year before. Uh, and the next year he gets paid $2.8 million not to play basketball. That's the name that I was thinking of. But yeah, every time I see it on the list, I just go, what? Who? <laughs> I remember that, that might have been part of the Festus Azili one. Uh, worst signings of all. Uh,
3: trailblazer signing. Tra-
6: yeah, I'm going Phanteks. Yeah. 503-250-1080. I've got to vote for Darius Miles.
3: Yeah, Darius Miles, pretty bad. Six years, 48 million.
6: Yeah. Uh, Hidu Turkoglu,
3: Pau Gasol, Greg Oden, Myers Leonard. Myers, yes. Greg Oden. Yeah, Greg Oden was a pretty bad contract. Hidu Turkoglu, we never signed. He was never a Trailblazer. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I don't know. To I just blacked here. out. Was I will tell yours? you the one
6: the one that I always go back to that I remember a buddy of mine uh, who's been on the show, Jason Bro, a friend of ours, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tells me Mario Zonia. Mario Zonia's going to oh. be great. No, but oh, he told he me. Said that. Oh, yeah. He goes, he's going to be great. And he was not. This one I really like. Somebody goes, we're signing Neil Olshea. Yeah. <laughs> well,. Now they went to a Western conference but, final. He drafted Dame. But did Neil, he draft Dame?
3: No, he didn't. draft. No, Dame. he did it, like he did. draft It was a pretty good GM for a little while. And then yeah. he just started getting lazy. He, he liked the smell of his own. Yeah. He was very, he was very good at what he did well. And then he did not <laughs> shift. Yeah. That's the problem with a lot of GMs is that they know how to do one thing very well, and they will do that thing very well for about one, two, three years. And then as the NBA does, it begins to shift and well, trends take over, say like, hey, guards aren't as important anymore. Or, hey, maybe you shouldn't draft a big now, man, now, a center, number one overall, over the greatest score of our lifetime. Here
6: <laughs> is here is where GMs get themselves in trouble. And we all do this stuff. You build something, and it's not quite right. Not quite good enough to win a championship. Build a team, it's close. Yeah. So then what you do is you just tinker with it. Mm. You don't change it. You don't start over and go, all right, let's tear down the studs and let's rebuild it. This house was not right. It's like, well, I think the reason that this house isn't winning the the, the uh, best house on the block contest is because of the gutters. Let me change the gutters. Uh, let me try the landscaping. No, dude, it's the house. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like, let's turn the garage into a third bedroom. No, the foundation. that's not it. It's foundationally, yeah. you can keep the foundation. You can keep the lot. Your lot is Damian Lillard. They have all everything invested in the land. It's a good neighborhood. He just built a bad house on it. And so, yeah, you just need to tear it down to the studs. And what they do is you tinker around the edges, and then you fall in love with the, the stuff that you've done, that you like, that everybody else told you they don't like. And that's where it happens. But it happens to everybody in all these things that we do. We all hold on to these little stupid things that we do that people, they keep telling you it's not working, but I go, "Eh, I really like this hat.
3: Yes, Luke did really like that hat as he has liked many hats before, but very good point in terms of NBA GMs. All right, let's close the show out in this next segment. We usually do what to watch, but I'm going to play one more Of my favorite clips. And this one encompasses pretty much everything that is 1080 The Fan. So we're in for it here. You're listening to my best of edition of the Sinner and the Saint right here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan.
0: The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkens on 1080 The Fan
3: just finishing things up on this here best of edition of the sinner and the saint on 1080 the fan will darkens here with you luca anderson out of town we will both be out of town next week no show just giving you a heads up right now but let's finish this thing out with a topic that many people here on the fan love talking about the anatomy of a fart have you had that moment yet with your in-laws that's just so disgustingly awkward doesn't have to be a penis thing but just something where it's like (laughs) oh oh, good it doesn't i mean if it is you can share but like the moment where you're just like ah i wish i could have avoided that one didn't (sighs) didn't need that one
6: no i don't nothing nothing springs to mind i think i do pretty well with the in-laws i assume you have one since you brought it up yeah
3: i did i i farted really loud like really loud like unintentionally like boisterously just, loud like you thought nobody was around and you like let one fly no, or you couldn't hold it in I couldn't hold it in really and i couldn't get out of the room because it was like a lot of people and i so was it this. like one
6: of those ones where you're like you're trying to hold it in so it lets one out then it lets another one out then the big explosion then a couple little trail offs as you run out of the room red face similar
3: okay similar to that it was one of those ones where you're trying to do it silently. So here's the setting: oh, is that oh,
6: you're trying you're trying to sneak one out, trying to sneak one out. How many a- pe- how many people are in the room? Because you don't try to sneak one out unless there's at least five or six people in the room where oh, you point at one of the ne- nieces or nephews. No, no, no. I'm a daredevil. I'll sneak one out whenever I want. No, no, I understand that. But if it's just two of you.
5: And All one gets it.
6: snuck out. They look at you and they go, they know it was you. I'll say. If there's three people, yeah. and especially if two of them, so it's like your wife and her dad, mm. they can both look at each other and go, that's Darkens. No. Like, they, they will address it.
3: I am boldface in blaming it on other people.
6: That's So you'll you'll sneak one out in with an acquaintance and blame them or a coworker? It smells bad in here. That probably Sounds is. like a you problem. <laughs> I don't smell I don't know anything. what the hell you're smelling. I don't smell anything. I smell cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <laughs> that i ate yesterday digested and now
3: come out as gas we were having a party at uh our place so how many people in the room uh, let's see uh, me megan her in-laws her my in-laws ma- oh well my in-laws her yeah. parents uh my mom so my about a half a dozen six about six yeah, half a dozen And I was speaking with my father-in-law in in the kitchen about whatever. I don't know what it was. But we were having a casual conversation, and it just was – it was brewing so hard. And it was one of those moments where as we were talking – I can't really have the natural transition to be like, "Oh, could you excuse me for a second or sure. like walk away?" Like it's horribly annoying when you want to walk away from a conversation but you can't just say, "You know what? This isn't interesting me anymore. I I got to get going. Yeah, I got yeah, other yeah. stuff to do and people to talk to." Sure, yeah, yeah. So, we're sitting there and we're talking and I feel it and it gets to I I'd swear somebody up there in the sky was screwing me on this one. It got to that quiet moment in the party right when I started oh, to course. try to let yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of these. It was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like air being let out of a balloon. Yes, yep. air being let out of a balloon. Yep. I maintained eye contact with him. <laughs> Deadpan. <laughs> just, like, listening to him talk. And as he's talking, and my... And he stops talking
6: because he hears it, and he's just looking at... No, oh, he okay. keeps
3: talking, but as the... Air balloon fart is leaving me, and it continues to get louder. He's starting to say things like, "Well, and then we went on vacation," and he was like, (laughs) "I could tell he was trying to noodle it around in his head." When we found out my mom had cancer, (laughs) so and he kept talking, but was like implying with his inflection, "Like, is that you farting, or is that a balloon, or what is going on in here?" And the whole time I just straight faced just kept just farting listening. Yeah, and just farting, just like, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Now we have never talked about it, and that was two years ago. Yeah, that seems safe. And each time I see him now, I'm just waiting for him at some point to be like, Hey, I gotta know. Yeah. Was that you? <laughs> or he at knows the time? it was you. I don't know if he does. Okay. You're, you think I think that,
6: I think oh, that okay. he does, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say. It He's sounds talked like about the, it. at least the way you've described the situation. Uh, have you ever been uh, in the presence of a perfect fart? Can you define a perfect fart, please? So I will, I will tell you. So, I had a friend, Nick Ladwig, in junior high, Nick could fart on command. And he was very proud of farting. Good he did, for Nick. He did it all the time. I he, was working
3: at a gas station working for him.
6: Uh, you know, I haven't caught up with him. He moved to Trout Lake for high school, and I ran into him a couple times after, but uh, we didn't stay in touch. But a uh, good basketball player. I think he played at Clark College. Anyways, oh. uh, Nick could Nick could fart on cue. And uh, one of his talents, and he was proud of it, and he was brazened with it. And our freshman field trip, as you remember, ninth grade was junior high when I was in school over on the Washington side of things. Was yeah. So the, yeah, not, we went to uh, Pacific Junior High. That's freshman though. seventh through ninth grade. This is how it was once upon a time in Southwest Washington. That's weird. I I understand that. That's yeah. why I'm explaining. If it wasn't weird, I could have just said it and you would have taken it as it was. But well, maybe you should have. They no longer do that. Pacific Junior High, PJH, is now Pacific Middle School, and they're 6 through 8, and now it's PMS. So I did not go to PMS. I went to PJH, Pacific Junior High. Now my niece goes to PMS, and we can explain why that's uncomfortable for anybody that doesn't understand later. So now, when I was in junior high school, we did a freshman field trip that was like the farewell to junior high. And we went out to, like, the Dalles or Hood River or something. And one of the options was to go see movie A. Movie B was Mission Impossible. The oh, first Mission Impossible was movie. was a good movie. Great movie. And the entire theater is filled with ninth graders. The entire theater. And as Tom Cruise drops down on the wire <laughs> and the thing becomes dead silent... <laughs> the most critical moment of the movie. There is no sound. He is saying nothing because he needs to be perfectly silent. <laughs> Nick Ladwig sitting right next to me, leans, leaned toward me. Didn't even bother me. Just leads up and just blasts. A f- oh, it was a big, beautiful fart. Perfectly timed uh. to send an entire movie theater of his peers, friends and acquaintances. Into a dizzying,
3: dizzying uproar <laughs> of laughter. It was a perfect fart. Why are they farts so funny?
6: They, you know what the the thing what is. is it? Well, you'll you'll learn this very soon. Is that your child will giggle at farts? Oh, he does. Oh, already. Yeah. See, there you go. It's if it, it it feels nice, and then you realize it's slightly taboo. So then it gets funnier. So it's it's as as you as you develop an awareness of the world. Right. Yeah. So it's something you hold on to. Mm. And then as you go through like the rungs of society, Mm. it all of a sudden becomes, well, that's, it's not something we do, but everybody does it. And you know that everybody does it. So, you know, it, it always, it always has that laughter in it. And then at the end of your life, you can't control them and uh, it feels good. So it's,
3: it's start and finish. Always funny. Always a good time. Would you give up the novelty and hilarity of farts for the normalization of farts. No, 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 no. Farts, like, about, like we, In a certain point, like the president of the United States, like Joe Biden just gets up to the microphone and he's like, look, I have shifted my domestic policy. I have decided that in order to rally the country around causes that mean a lot to me, I am now legalizing farts. And in yeah. fact, I will prison you if you do not fart in public when you need to. And then he just puts his cheeks up to the microphone and lays one. Sure. And then, then everybody from that day forward's like, Okay, I guess we got a fart. Well, but
6: here's the thing about farts is if you fart in front of your father in law, yeah, and you I don't think you do, <laughs> and you make a, co- a conversation uncomfortable, uh, you could be like, wow, I mean, there, it's just a fart, there's no consequence. There could be consequences. I almost killed myself with a fart one time. I was, uh, I, I drove an old Toyota pickup, and the cab was so small. That when I farted, I didn't think I'd get the window down fast enough and I was going to suffocate from carbon monoxide poisoning. I was, I was efforting so hard to get that window as the old one you had to roll. I could not get to that fast. You ever, you ever stunk yourself out of a space with one of your own farts? No. Farts have a penalty and it is a few seconds of uncomfortable smell. So with good smell. Yeah, but like you fart, you just kind of wait for it and go, hope that doesn't stink too bad. Or you have the one where
3: that's what you think. Occasionally, Mine is, oh. I hope this thing reeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. about to clear this room. Let's go. <laughs> again, who's in the room? How many people? <laughs> that was one of the lower moments of the show, but one of the brighter ones as well, just because we examined the anatomy of what makes farts so funny. You have been listening to a best of edition of the Sinner and the Saints. I am Will Darkins. Luke Anderson out this week. We will both be out next week as there is no show. Uh, but we will return the week after, getting you ready for some of the finals, conference finals in the NBA. Real quick, going back over the poll question I had this morning uh, at at Center St. 1080. Do you shame people for using ketchups on various meats? Forty three percent, yes, it's gross. Thirty three percent, no, do your thing. And twenty two percent, just expressing their love for turtles. I like turtles. Don't forget to listen to the podcast. I'll have it up here in just a couple moments. Other than that,
0: bye-bye. You'll see it's all a show. Keep them laughing as you go.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.